Holy Gospel according to John, the sixth chapter. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were beside the sea, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on him that God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, what sign are you going to give us then so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said, Sir, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The Gospel of the Lord. I invite you to be seated. Very truly, I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down and gives life to the world. Yesterday, out on a hillside, Jesus gave them some bread. They didn't even know it was a miracle just some baskets being passed around with loaves of bread in them, and they took the bread and ate it and had their fill. It was good bread. So today, they're back, looking for him, maybe for this free bread. They're seeking something. Maybe it's just more bread. Maybe it's a bit of spectacle or entertainment. Maybe just a few crumbs of hope. Something to end the hollowness, or the boredom, or the pain. And so they come, seeking Jesus, and they get into some boats and head over to Capernaum to look for him there. And when Jesus sees them coming, he says, you are looking for bread. But what you really need is the true bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. I would hazard a guess that you probably know what it's like to feel restless. I think it's part of the human condition to feel restless. If you're above that, good for you. I feel restless. There's this feeling that we get like something is missing in our life. 
And so we seek after what we think we want, right? We, we start seeking whatever it is that we think will satisfy us for a while, will give us some delight. And when we get it, often after we get it, you know, there's that euphoria, you got it. And then there's the disappointment because it doesn't satisfy us for very long. And the hunger comes back and the seeking. So we strive to get ahead at work, right? And we build a career and we maybe look for a little fame or something and we find plenty of those successful people who are unhappy people, unfulfilled people who are feeling empty and disillusioned in life. We try overeating, overspending, overexercising, maybe chemical addictions. We try to be the coolest, the smartest, the best, just leads though to more emptiness. There are more shootings. There are more people, it seems, you know, you hear about it every day in the news and with the stuff that's going on just right here in our neighborhoods. There are people who are so dissatisfied, so disillusioned, so bitter, or maybe just so self-centered that they will take another life because they felt insulted or because they thought you took their parking spot. Soccer moms, I learn, are the ones who were robbing the stores of Leewood and Overland Park and Mission Hills. Soccer moms, middle-class women who could afford to buy the stuff are going in and pilfering thousands of dollars a day in merchandise, seeking something, maybe just trying to numb the pain. Teenagers are cutting themselves. You hear about that. Maybe you have some in your family who've done that cutting themselves up with little razor knives because when they feel pain for a moment, they know they are real, that they exist in life. People wait for retirement, dream about retirement, right? And then spend retirement going to doctor's offices and rehab centers Retirement isn't the answer to happiness either. People live in these big houses, but I talked to contractors who go into the houses and they said these people are so mortgage poor, they don't have any furniture in the house to sit on. But you know, it helps preserve that illusion of success. And so Jesus warns, do not work for the food that perishes but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. Sir, give us this bread always, they say. Come on, we're ready. And Jesus says, it is right in front of you. I am the bread of life. Whoever believes in me will never be hungry. I'm sorry, whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never thirst. It can be hard to accept, though. There's a struggle, I think, to believe. And that struggle to believe is real for a lot of us. And we can be cynical at times or grow cynical in life. Dr. Fred Craddock, who's a renowned preaching professor, now retired, tells this story from his own life. He says, my mother took us to church and to Sunday school every week, but my father didn't go. And then he complained when Sunday dinner was late when she came home. 
He said sometimes the preacher would call on the house, you know, come over for Sunday lunch or dinner. And my father would say, I know what the church wants. Church doesn't care about me. Church just wants another name, another tithe. Another name, another tithe. That's what he'd say. Another pledge. Sometimes, Craddock says, we'd have a revival and the preacher would bring an evangelist over. And he'd say to the evangelist, now there's one now, sick him, go get him, go get him. And he said, my father would say the same thing, church doesn't care about me. All the church wants is another name, another pledge. Just wants another name, another pledge. Every time, he says, my mother in the kitchen would always be nervous, you know, afraid that uh, there would be some flaring tempers and somebody might get hurt. She was anxious. My father always said, the church doesn't care about me. The church just wants another name, another pledge. He was convinced of that. There was one day, Craddock writes, but he didn't say it. One time. He was in the veterans hospital. And he was down to 73 pounds. They'd taken out his throat. They said it was too late. And they put a metal tube in, and he had been burned to pieces by x-rays. I flew in to see him, Craddock writes. He couldn't speak, couldn't eat. I looked around the room. There on the windowsill, potted plants, flowers covering every inch. A stack of cards 20 inches deep there next to his bed. And even that tray where they put the food, if you can eat, even the tray had a flower on it. And he said, in all the flowers beside the bed, on the windowsill, every card in the stack, every blossom were from persons or groups from the church. Everyone. He saw me read a card. So... He could not speak, so he took a Kleenex box and he wrote on the side a line from Shakespeare. If he had not written this line, I would not tell you the story. He wrote, in this harsh world, draw your breath in pain to tell my story. I said, what is your story, Daddy? And he wrote, I was wrong. That's what happens when we get a taste of the bread that Jesus gives. It changes us. It makes us better than we think we could be. There's something in the bread. We, we take it in and we find ourselves being more grateful. We become less selfish, more connected, more contented, more accepting, less proud, less judgmental. We become kind. It's the bread that makes us stronger than we thought we could be. Something in the bread makes us strong enough to forgive the unforgivable and go on to love and trust again. It's in the bread. And you see it in the widow 
or the widower who grieves openly and gracefully in our midst, not giving up on life. Those who eat the bread laugh, and they make us laugh at ourselves and at our troubles. You can tell when people have been eating the bread of heaven. You can tell. You can see it. There's something about them. It's unnatural. Like a friend struggling, often heartbroken, exhausted by a daughter's addictions. But you never know it because she's constantly checking in on us, praying for us, encouraging us, sending us little cards and letters and text messages celebrating us, lifting us up. There's something in the bread. My uncle and my mother's brother developed Alzheimer's probably a couple of years ago, but we noticed it, right, a year ago. He just turned 91. He died last week. Now, before he passed, his daughters had taken him into their home, and every day they provided basically kindergarten for him. They sang songs. They did arts and crafts projects. They posted photos of him painting like Renoir, full of life, chasing butterflies, gardening, surrounded by love. It's the bread, Jesus says. There's something in the bread. What is it? It's life.